Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Senior Care Live is the nation's premier radio program where we provide information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. This is a safe place to get accurate and reliable information you can absolutely count on. Each and every week, we discuss important issues such as how to remain independent in your own home how to find the right senior care community, how to pay for the high cost of senior care, and legal issues involving elder law and estate planning. We also discuss senior-related health issues and how to care for the caregiver. As always, if you have a question, you can reach us on our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. You can also visit online at SeniorCareLive.com. L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com. Without any further delay, I would like to introduce to you my friend and special guest today, Mr. David Wiley, President and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here today. All right. So, David, today I'd like to uh, just go back to the basics and cover some of the basics of hospice and palliative care. I just I don't think we can cover that too much. Uh, I, I a agree. lot of <laughs> a lot of misunderstanding out there and just try to understand what the terms mean and you know, what is available for families. That can be confusing even for people who actually work in healthcare. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen that. So, certainly for the average person it could be confusing. So, to, to start, um, can you discuss the term hospice and palliative care and the difference between both of those terms? Absolutely, Steve, and I, I agree. Um, they certainly can be confusing terms to people. Uh, because Medicare defines it, the term hospice is is fairly clear um, in meeting, but, but even people in the industry don't always agree on what palliative care means, so I'll do my best to explain it. Sure. Um, you know, in its, in its most basic form, palliative care, it's an umbrella term, and it's an umbrella term that includes hospice, but it isn't just confined to hospice. Okay. So let's start with hospice first. Um, during an, il- an illness that's terminal, uh, you or a loved one may talk w- uh, with your doctor and decide that treatments meant to cure or slow a disease are no longer working, or you're just ready to stop them. So your doctor can make a referral for hospice care, which is also sometimes referred to as comfort care or end-of-life care. Okay. And it involves a team of professionals that are available 24 hours a day who provide medical attention, pain management, emotional and spiritual support that's tailored to an individual's needs and his wishes. And it's uh, it's not a place. 
it's a, it's a concept of care that can be provided anywhere. Um, many people in Kansas City think of the Kansas City Hospice House as a place where mo- most patients receive care, while in fact we do care for a large number of pa- patients at the Kansas City Hospice House or in our other facility, um, which is North Care Hospice House, and that's located in North Kansas City Hospital. Mm-hmm. Most of the care we provide takes place wherever the patient calls home, such as their private residence or a skilled nursing facility. And the focus in hospice care is on comfort. That's relief from pain, shortness of breath, or other symptoms so that the patient can focus on the people and the things that they care about most. So some people might think of hospice uh, means, or I've heard people say, well, isn't it just giving up? And really others worry that, you know, they won't get medical care, um, but the service simply focuses on the quality of your life instead of trying to cure a disease. That makes sense. Yeah. So while hospice is centered around the patient, I think it's also really important to talk about and understand that it's for the family members also. Um, the hospice t- team can offer respite care, for, for instance, um, for a caregiver, so they can take time to relax and refresh or focus on other things um, that they may, they may have uh, otherwise neglected. And family members can take advantage of spiritual support from our chaplains, uh, mental health therapy through our unique Passages mental health program, or grief support before and after a loved one's death. So a fairly quick explanation um, of hospice care, um, which is really focused on the last few months of life um, of the patient's disease um, as it, if it progresses as expected. Okay. Now, palliative care, on the other hand, um, can be administered at any time and really at any stage during a seri- serious illness. It might be appropriate, for example, for a patient who wishes to continue with the curative treatment but also needs assistance with managing pain or other symptoms. So, in short, if you're receiving hospice care, you are receiving palliative care, but if you're receiving palliative care, that doesn't necessarily mean you're receiving hospice care. Okay, and earlier, David, you mentioned a hospice team. So who makes up a hospice team, and is this the same for every patient? That's a really great question. Uh, first and foremost, each team starts with the patient and their family. It's important that their goals of care are discussed and that our plan of action is built around supporting their needs and the desired outcomes. So other team members include um, people such as the palliative care trained physician, um, our expert nurses, they understand the unique needs of end of life, our social workers who, under, who help with things such as access to resources and other community support, a chaplain who, who respects each person's individual faith and meets them where they are and if they desire that, um, and even a home health aide who can assist with non-medical care such as bathing. Each person, person receiving hospice care has access to support from our trained volunteers who provide a range of care such as compassion, com, companionship, uh, uh, light um, housekeeping or other routine needs. And this team collectively works together to meet each person's physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. Okay. So while each patient has access to all of these team members, it doesn't necessarily look the same for each person. So, for example, someone um, chooses to have support from their own faith leader instead of a Kansas City hospice chaplain. That's perfectly fine. Or they may not wish to have a spiritual support at all, and that's fine too. Others might wish to add services, which are not a routine part of, of hospice team. So for example, Kansas city hospice, we offer a unique program called passages 
patients or their loved ones can access mental health therapy, which allows them to cope with issues such as depression, anxiety, or other mental health needs. At the same time, they're facing their own serious illness or the serious illness of a loved one, or at the same time that they're grieving the death of a loved one. We so often find that individuals cannot fully grieve until they are able to address other complicating factors, such as depression. In these instances, their counselors can also play an important role on their hospice team or in a grief care after their loved one, after the loved one's death. Okay. And then finally, another good example, I think, um, is our expressive therapies team, which provide music, art, or even pet therapy for patients and families. And they can really make a remarkable difference as they bring joy and re- relieve uh, anxiety and therefore can be an important component of, again, that overall team. So there are a lot of people involved in that. That's fantastic. So at what point is the person ready or eligible for hospice care? You know, Steve, I think that's um, a good question. And first, I think I'd like to point out that I really have never heard anyone say to me that they wish they had waited to access hospice care. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, most of the time, um, once they see for themselves the difference that hospice can make, most wish they had started earlier so that they can had, can take full advantage of the benefits and the support that we provide. So I think it's really an important um, thing to realize is that it's really never too soon. Um, but to become eligible for hospice care, your doctor uh, must certify that you have a terminal illness, which if that progresses as expected, will result in death in six months or less. And of course, as we both know, um, none of us have a crystal ball. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So if six months p- pass and you continue to be eligible, then you can remain on hospice beyond that time and you're recertified. So, okay. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's also true, which I think a lot of people can be fearful of hospice because it isn't always a permanent choice. So, for example, if your kidneys are failing and you're, you decide to choose hospice, then rather continue with dialysis. But then you change your mind and you stop, you can stop hospice care and you can revert, revert back on treatments. Other people actually, um, they get better unexpectedly and they, they quit the service with the option of returning at a later point in time. And this actually hop, happens, uh, more often than you might expect. That's right. So it's not these strict six months. I mean, it could be right. sooner. You could opt out and then rejoin later. Uh, if you uh, are, are doing maybe a little no crystal ball. So, sure. and, and no one knows, but to the best of a physician's ability, they would diagnose it. The prognosis six months or less. And you say you go, you're going longer than that. You still. Uh, you're still certified or you can get recertified for that. You certainly still qualify and benefit from that. So it could look different and I'm sure it does look different for each individual patient. Yeah, each person and, you know, our team is there on a routine basis and we can continue to see the decline and what's going on. And, and that helps reinforce the decision to recertify. So for our listeners and the families and the caregivers listening today, reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care at 816-363-2600, 816-363-2600. You can also visit online. There's a wealth of information at kchospice.org, kchospice.org. And if you think that you're either yourself or your loved one may qualify for hospice or palliative care, definitely reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care uh, and, and just ask, 
hey, can I have an evaluation? Can yeah. I visit with you about this? And, and uh, we'll check it out. Absolutely. All right. Now for the Senior Care Live question of the week. It's a true or false statement. Once you're on hospice care, you will be on hospice care until you pass away. Is that statement true or false? We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget you can stream this program to any electronic device. Super easy to do. Go to SeniorCareLive.com. Click on the Listen Live button or the big microphone right there on the home page. Give it a few seconds to connect, and it'll start streaming to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. It really is that simple. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. More of a statement of the week this week. Once you're on hospice care, you will be on hospice care until you pass away. Is that statement true? Or false? And the answer is false. The answer is false. It's always an option to cancel hospice care. For example, if a new method of treatment becomes available or if the patient's health improves and maybe they just no longer need the symptom management that it provides. We're here with special guest, my friend today, Mr. David Wiley. He's the president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And be sure to reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care at 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. So, David, earlier you mentioned that hospice care can be provided wherever a patient calls home. So how do families know what setting is appropriate? You know, the good news is, is that most of the time care will be provided in the home setting, which is often their private residence or in a skilled nursing facility. However, we have provided and will provide care, you know, wherever the patient does call home, which um, for Kansas City Hospice has at times meant providing care to individuals that are, frankly, living on the street or in a shelter. And uh, one thing we often hear from families is that they are grateful for the flexibility that hospice concept offers. You know, it isn't a place. It's a specialized type of, of health care which meets the patient where they are, which could mean literally where they are physically as well as where they are emotionally and spiritually. Wow, that's definitely important to understand how flexible you can be at a critical time of need for individuals at the end of life. And I, I didn't realize, I mean, mm-hmm. someone who is homeless, I mean, hey, they, they, could, they could use and benefit from the service as well. I didn't realize you did that. Absolutely. And, and I agree with you, Steve. It really is uh, – it's a, a special part of about Kansas City Hospice yeah. as a community, community-based provider. So, you know, but we find that most people feel most comfortable at home and wish to be in familiar surroundings with the people that they love. For these people, home care is their best option. And this level of care is most common type uh, of level of care. Um, and many people receive their, their medical care or symptom management uh, without even leaving their house. 
Sometimes, however, patients might wish to die somewhere other than their home for a variety of reasons. For example, a young man in his late teens that we recently had the the honor to serve decided he wanted to stop his cancer treatment and to die on his own terms. He researched the options in the community, and he chose the Kansas City Hospice House. So in his final days, he asked to be admitted, and he died peacefully, surrounded by his family, including a younger sibling, and you know, he didn't want the family home to be a place of sadness. Yep, that, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. So uh, when symptoms are more difficult and can't be managed at home, we can provide care at one of our inpatient locations, such as the Kansas City Hospice House or the North Care Hospice House. Any of these options provide patients and families the level of care that makes the most sense and provides the right level of care for them at, at each stage. And at Kansas City Hospice, our goal is to help the patient and their family members to feel comfort and dignity and to have the support at the end of life. And, and of course, we're, we're bound to certain guidelines which um, govern our care, but wherever possible, we work with each family to ensure that their needs are met and that their desired outcome is achieved. So what are some of the questions a patient or family might think about when deciding whether to stay at home or not? You know, there are a number of things. Um, one that's really important is really what stage in the disease and how ill is the person needing care and how, you know, how does he or she feel? Is the main caregiver that will be taking care of the person physically and emotionally able to provide what's needed from home? Can the pain be managed away from a hospital or a nursing home? That's important. Um, and if you are a caregiver and you actually work, can you afford to cut back on your hours or, to, you know, at work or, or leave your job? So, each decision, frankly, it's personal. Each situation is very different. But I think how you answer those questions help decide what the right setting is. And the good news is you don't have to make these decisions alone. We're, our team is here to help you. And you can help uh, the patient and family kind of walk through all of the options and maybe the pluses and minuses of each of the options. Absolutely. And talk through things, um, various scenarios, because I think that's important to be able to help people think about what that might look like. No doubt about it. So what can a person expect when they start on hospice? Well, first and foremost, Steve, um, we work with you to develop an individualized plan of care um, just for you and for your loved ones. And this is going to focus on making your pain and symptoms better. Um, the team will regularly check on you that you'll have access to a nurse 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, our hospice-trained physician will work alongside with your physician to oversee the medical care. Um, nurses will check on you. Aides will assist with things such as bathing, dressing, cleaning, and, and cooking. And as I mentioned earlier, other services that are available, our chaplain and spiritual services are for you and your loved one, social work and counseling, medication is provided, medical equipment and supplies are provided. We provide advice on eating, um, physical and speech therapy if necessary and then counseling for your loved ones. Wow, so many wonderful benefits are available. So the last question, and this is a big one, we always, we're always <laughs> concerned about dollars and cents, right? Because yeah, yeah. a lot of medical care can be expensive. So uh, what is the cost for the patients to be able to access this incredible level of care, the hospice service? You know, the good news is that the majority of patients um, hospice is a benefit that's offered by Medicare, so there is little to no cost to them. But, you know, many other patients, um, they might not be eligible for Medicare, but the care could be provided under private insurance. Okay. 
And at Kansas City Hospice, you know, sometimes our patients have no resources at all. Um, but of course, they, there's still that cost to provide that care. Last year, for example, the cost of this, um, for the organization, we had unreimbursed care of about $600,000. So we always are very grateful for donors who wish to help us uh, ensure that no one's ever turned away because they don't have the resources to pay. And that's important to us. That is incredible. $600,000. It sounds like donors are also an important part of the, uh, of the hospice team as well. I think that's the right way to look at it. Absolutely. Um, our families that we serve depend on that support, and we really couldn't do do that and the, the special programs that we do without that support. All right. We, do, we only have about a minute left, David, but mm-hmm. how was the Circle of Lights event? I was so yeah. sorry that I could. I contributed yeah. to it, uh, but you. I wasn't able to physically attend. It sounds like it was a, a great turnout. Thank you, Steve. Absolutely. There were um, probably about 650 people from the community. Oh. We, had to, we had to move it inside because <laughs> yeah. it was such a, a, a soppy week. Um, because uh, of the rain, but it was it turned out great. Um, we had over thirteen hundred luminaries, and wow. um, so it was really a beautiful service and evening for people to to uh, to have a memorial event together. And what a uh, what a great last second uh, call! Mm-hmm. You know, we're, I mean, with all the weather, <laughs> we moved it indoors, and you still had that many people uh, attend. That's fantastic. Reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care eight one six. 363-2600 or online at kchospice.org David, thanks so much for being here today I really appreciate it Thank you Steve, always a pleasure Alright, we'll have more right after the break You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network For more information, call now toll free 1-800-331-6445 Operators are standing by one 800 I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's one 800 Three three one six four four five one eight hundred three three one six four four five. Don't forget if you ever miss an episode of Senior Care Live, maybe you want to share the program with someone else, or maybe you just want to go back and hear it again. No worries at all. Go to SeniorCareLive.com. Click on the podcast tab, and that's where you'll find all of the previously aired episodes. They're in chronological order. Just find the one that you want. Click it. Again, give it a few seconds to connect, and you can listen to that podcast 24 hours a day, share it with people, etc. Lots of people take advantage of that. All right, just want to thank my friend David Wiley. Uh, what a great guy. What a wonderful organization, Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And uh, I didn't have time to share my personal story. I'll just give you a minute of it. But when my dad was diagnosed with terminal Esophageal cancer, uh, you, you talk about a shock to your system. And uh, he was only 56 years old. Uh, so uh, when, you know, when, when we found that out and fought it and everything, and when it, at some point, you know, the surgery wasn't going to work and nothing was working, that's what David was talking about. And you decide to not go after treatment, but you want to maximize the quality of your life. 
you know, for the, for the rest of your life, for the rest of your days and not have to do the chemo and, or you, maybe you choose to not do that, which my dad chose to not do that. That's where, uh, Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care can come in and really help. There's an entire team of, of experts and professionals and volunteers, uh, who can help you, help you and your family. What I discovered with hospice, of course, they were wonderful with my dad, but they were phenomenal with us as a family unit. There, there's a tremendous amount of support and, uh, I wasn't even thinking about that, but they take care of the family as well as the patient. Be sure to reach out to our friends at Kansas City Hospice in Palliative Care. Look into hospice or palliative care, 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. And I also wanted to mention the Parkinson's Foundation major fundraising event. It's coming right up Saturday, June the 8th. And it's from, uh, well, registration is at 9 a.m., and uh, the walk starts at 10.30 a.m. And uh, last week we talked about this, but it's moving day, Kansas City, a walk for Parkinson's. And I'll tell you why, this is just like just like Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, they do a lot of fundraising events throughout the year to help pay for that $600,000 of unreimbursed care that they provide every year. The Parkinson's Foundation is a foundation. They provide a tremendous amount of resources and education and uh, and support for, for families and, of course, individuals with Parkinson's disease. So this is their major fundraiser. Kansas City is in the top five events throughout the country. So if you want to know more about that, you can give Megan Willard a call at 913-416-4107. That's at the Parkinson's Foundation the Heartland chapter right here in Kansas City, or it might be easier just to go online at movingdaykansascity.org to sign up, find out how you can participate or contribute. All right, so let's uh, shift gears here. And having a lot of conversation about this with lots of clients and lots of individuals out in the community, and it centers around Medicaid and the five-year look back. You know, Medicaid used to have a three-year look back, and now they have a five-year look back. And, and so maybe your question, your first question is, well, what is a look back? Medicaid looks back now five years, and they're looking to see if any if you have made or your loved one, the person trying to qualify for Medicaid, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at their financials, and they want to see if you've made a gift over the last five years. If you have, it's not the end of the world, but that gift needs to be settled up or cured. So what is a gift? Well, a gift could be uh, cash. Like, for example, my grandson went to went away to his first year in college, and I gave him $10,000 to help him out with that college with that first year of college or that first semester. Well, that is, that's probably going to be considered a cash gift. But a gift could be something maybe a little less noticeable. It could be a transfer of property. So, uh, well, I've got a, about a $10,000 vehicle. I'm just going to give it to my daughter or my son. Well, that transfer of property 
will be considered a gift. Another even less visible gift is what if you sell your property for less than market value? So if you have a $200,000 house and you sell it for $1,000 to someone in the family, then congratulations, you just made a $199,000 gift because that that is a gift. And so yeah, you have to be really careful about this. And in, in Kansas, what so, so what if you've made a gift and now you have to deal with it? What does that mean? Well, in Kansas... I'm gonna. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna make this really, really easy. These uh, detailed numbers over the radio usually don't work too well. In Kansas and Missouri, I'm gonna. I'm gonna round this off. For every six thousand dollars that you have made in a gift, Medicaid will not pay for one month of your stay at the nursing home. So let me say that again. For every six thousand dollars of a gift that you've made. Medicaid will not pay for one month in the nursing home. And so let's say you've made a gift of $12,000 and now you've spent down and you qualify for Medicaid. Then Medicaid looks back, says we found $12,000 worth of gifts. So they divide that by 6000 So for the next two months, Medicaid will not pay for your nursing home stay. The gift is considered paid back or cured and then Medicaid will start paying the third month moving forward. So that's how a gift uh, is cured. Or uh, whoever received the gift, they can write a check back to you, so you can pay for that. Uh, but uh, but the point is that there is a gifting penalty. Now, this next thing that causes a, a, a gift, a gifting penalty, uh, I absolutely do not agree with. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. This is a consumer alert. Consumer alert. All right, let's talk about a very specific but a very common situation. So you have a person at home. They don't want to move to assisted living or a long-term care community. They'd like to stay home. But they also don't want strangers in their house. and They don't want to hire an agency or individual people. They would prefer just to pay someone in their family to provide their care. And so let's say, and you're doing this completely legitimately. Uh, I, I recently heard of, of a very nice lady staying at home. Her, her daughter was actually a nurse, so she really knew what she was doing as far as being a professional caregiver. And uh, so her daughter quit her job and stayed with mom and provided her care. And then the mother paid the daughter, um, you know, basically replaced her, her income and, and paid her because if I'm going to pay someone, I'd rather pay someone I know and I know can provide good care. And they went along and they did this for, you know, quite a while. And then uh, they mom decided to go ahead and move into a long-term care community. And then the daughter went back to work. So, they were applying for Medicaid because mom now qualifies for Medicaid. Medicaid does a five-year look back, and they said, they're like, well, what are all these checks written to your daughter? We're seeing this, this weekly check written to your daughter. What's that all about? 
And she said, oh, don't worry, that's not a gift. I was paying my daughter to help me in my home. Rather than to pay a stranger, I just paid my daughter, and, and she needs to uh, um, you know, pay her bills and everything. So she quit her job. I paid her, and, uh, and it kept me out of a nursing home, and I was happy about that. She did a great job, but now it's time to move, and so here we are. Why, why do you ask? The next question is, well, do you have a care contract? And the mom says, uh, what is that? What is a care contract? Well, care contract is, an, is basically an employment agreement. Without a care contract, every dollar that you paid your daughter is considered a gift. Well, I didn't know about that. And they say, well, it doesn't matter. $60,000 later, there's your gift divided by 6000 For the next 10 months, Medicaid will not pay for that nursing home. I think it's the most ridiculous rule ever, but I can't change it. So here's the bottom line. If you are a family member and you're being paid by your elderly loved one to provide their care, you'd better have a care contract. And if you don't have a care contract, Contact an elder law attorney immediately. Proceed with caution. This has been a Consumer Alert, brought to you by Senior Care Live. And unfortunately, many people have tried to abuse the Medicaid system, so that's why we have all of these rules, but I, I just don't like this one. I don't like this one. So I'm going to have more on this topic and others right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. Let me just put some final thoughts on that care contract. So is it too late if you've been doing that, you don't have a care contract? It, it may not be too late. I, that This is where I say contact a qualified and experienced elder law attorney. They may be able to help with this. Or if what you've already done cannot be helped or covered, then you can have them draft you a care contract that will at least take care of the dollars being paid for caregiving from this point moving forward. Then you'll just have to figure out how to uh, take care of that gift. And, and again, I, I, I just hate that. Um, but unfortunately, this has just been abused. A lot of people, a wink and a nod, and you know, I'll just hand my, my daughter $100,000 over here, and honey, you took care of me, didn't you? Yeah, wink, wink. Nod, nod. Unfortunately, people have done that. You hate to hear about it, but it's true. 
And so all of these rules have to be very closely followed. And it ta- and it makes it forces honest people who are trying to do it right, and uh, and not trying to pull a fast one or anything. Just just legitimately, I'm paying my daughter, I'm paying my son, my family member for care. It makes those people have to jump through an extra hoop. And I don't know of anyone who would think that is a gift, <laughs> because because it isn't. It's ridiculous. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead and shift gears again. Last weekend was Memorial Day weekend. Of course, last Monday was Memorial Day. I went out with uh, my mom. We decorated all of the graves. I put a flag at the the foot of uh, my grandpa, Cuevas, who did serve in World War II. We We had some other flags and some other family members and friends fathers uh, we placed flags at their graves as well and i just ran out of time last week to talk about a really important benefit we'll talk a lot more in depth about this on another program but i want to just briefly run over the va aid and attendance benefit which is a little known benefit from the va that will help veterans pay for the high cost of senior care there are a few requirements that you have to meet, but I'll tell you what, there are, so, there are so many veterans who qualify for this and they don't know anything about it, so I like to talk about it. Every single senior care consulting client that I meet with, we always review this. I always ask them every time. And if we can get them help and get them some extra dollars to pay for their senior care, then we jump in and we, we help them do that and we give them all the information. All right, so if you're a veteran, you must have served at least 90 consecutive days of active duty in one of the main branches of the military, at least one of those days during a period of war. And I'll I'll share the dates with you here in a second. And as far as your discharge, not dishonorably discharged. There are lots of different types of discharges as long as it's not a dishonorable discharge. And you would qualify. And then you have to have, this is where it gets a little tricky, your monthly income needs to be to get the maximum benefit, which is what I'll talk about, because most people qualify for this pretty easily. To get the maximum benefit from the VA Aid and Attendance Benefit Program, the cost of your care must exceed your monthly income, which is uh, pretty easy to do. So let's say your monthly income is, say, $1,500, and you're paying $2,000 for home care services in your home. $1,500 minus your $2,000 a month unreimbursed medical expenses. That's an unreimbursed medical expense. Means your your negative five hundred dollars. As long as you're negative one dollar or or worse or less, so as long as your unreimbursed medical expenses exceed your monthly income, that would trigger the maximum monthly benefit for the veteran. And again, if if you're paying anything at all for care, it's pretty easy to do that. 
Another example, one of my clients, uh, his income is about $2,000, and he's paying about $6,000 a month for assisted living. I have another client, $1,800 a month income. They're paying about $6,500 a month for long-term care or a nursing home stay. So obviously their cost of care, their unreimbursed medical expenses, are far greater than their income, and they get the monthly, the maximum monthly benefit amount. And the other, and I have a lot of people, oh, dad makes too much every month. Well, maybe or maybe not. Let's take a look at that. (laughs) There's some other expenses that you could also lump into that monthly unreimbursed medical expense category that may, may, may really, uh, really help that person qualify. And then your liquid assets, this does not include your home, kind of like Medicaid, doesn't include your home, your vehicle, all the stuff in your home, prepaid funeral plans and things like that. They're really looking at your liquid assets, checking, savings, money market, mutual fund, CDs, etc. $123,600 or less. And you qualify. Well, what if I have $140,000, Steve? Okay, well. Once your liquid assets are down to $123,600 or less, you'll, you qualify. And this is worth looking into. The 2019 numbers, a single veteran can qualify for a maximum of $1,881 a month. A married veteran qualifies for this, this would be the max payout, $2,230 a month. And if you're the surviving spouse, of a veteran who has passed, and you're the widow or widower, you could qualify for up to $1,210 a month. So world, the dates to qualify, World War II, December 7th, 1941, of course, all the way extending to December 31st of 1946. Those are the qualification dates. The Korean War, June 27th, 1950, all the way through January 31, 1955. The Vietnam War, everyone qualifies August the 5th, 1964 through May 7th, 1975. There's one exception. And, and, and you could have, you could have served in the, you know, stateside, never have fired a weapon, could have been in logistics or support, or of course in the, in, in combat. Exception to Vietnam, February 28th, 1961, all the way through that August 5th, 64. If you had boots on the ground, you are covered as well during that period. And I know it's, I know it's uh, uh, kind of confusing, but the bottom line is I always recommend my clients call the, the uh, VFW National Headquarters right downtown, 816-968-1142. All right. It's amazing how fast this hour goes every week. To everyone listening, I'm just so, so honored you spent part of your day tuning into this program. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.